glory, glory, glory to God forever. Hallelujah. I invite you now, beloved ones, wherever you are, I know that you're worshiping because you can hear the sound of my voice and see the faces of those who have gathered for worship today. Come with us now to the New Testament Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 9, verses 37, verses 30 through 37. Mark 9, verses 30 through 37. And listen now for the word of the Lord. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it. For he, he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and then they're going to kill him. Three days after being killed, he will rise. Okay. But they did not understand what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And so he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For you pray with and for me. Oh God, we thank you for making ways out of what we thought were no ways. And in your love for us, you will change everything we know to reach us in any way possible. And Lord, we thank you for that. And so as I stand before your people all over the place. Oh Lord, I ask that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, oh Lord, for you, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Let us all say, Amen. Our sermon topic for today is a jobs, a job description for Christians or a Christian's job description. A Christian's job description. 
Beloved, here we find, we find Jesus once again getting away from the crowds and the people to take the time to teach his own, his followers, what it means to follow him. He's trying to get them to understand the most fundamental things of Christian thinking and acting. And still today, Jesus wants his disciples to understand without question what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus knows now. He knows. He knows that we will begin to think and act what we understand and believe. So, so he tells his disciples, he tells them one more time, one more time, he says, the Son of Man, talking about himself, is to be betrayed into human hands and people will kill him, bury him, and three days after being killed and buried, he will rise again. And I get an amen. Oh, listen to me, child of God. Listen, listen. It's so amazing to me that the Lord is kind enough to repeat things that he said to us over and over again. Things we all know by now, but that's what love does. Love says it until we get it. Love will repeat it until we understand it. Child of God, many times Jesus has, has told us that he loves us. How many times does he have to do that? How many times has he had to tell us that he'll give us more than we can bear? How many times has he told us that no weapon formed against us will prosper or that the battle is not Ours, but his. How many? How many times has to tell? Has he had to tell us that that he has plans for us? He has plans for us that should make us feel comfortable. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us, yeah. to give us hope and a future. Yes. The Lord has to tell me. I don't know about you, but He has to tell me some things. Over and over and over again until I manifest it in my faith and live it in my day-to-day -day life. Are you like that? Amen. Amen. Therefore, when, when, when Jesus told his disciples his purpose for the umpteenth time, and they still didn't understand, they still didn't understand, they were afraid to ask what he was talking about. And you know why? I think probably they were afraid to ask him what he was talking about because they saw how he went off on Peter. You remember when he went off on Peter? He tried to change, Peter tried to change the Lord's reason for being on earth and then Jesus yelled at him. Peter the devil is in you trying to sift you like wheat. Well, they didn't want that to happen to them. So, Fear kept them from understanding. You see, it was fear all, all the time. They didn't want to understand what Jesus was saying because they could not deal with the reality 
of what he was trying to get across. Jesus was speaking to them about death. Oh yeah, he was. But they were so caught up in the process, the race, the suffering part, that they couldn't see the finish part of the, of the finish line. Jesus talked about death because death was a necessary route to where he was going. Jesus was going to have victory. Jesus was going to win the fight. Jesus was going to be exalted. Jesus was going to be crowned. He was going to come out on top. He was going to receive the prize. Prize but first. Let me hear you say but first. First. First now Jesus had to undergo the test. Oh y'all ought to hear what I'm talking about today. First, he had to go through something. That's why people can't shout. They ain't been through enough. Oh, Lord. First, he had to show his obedience to his father's will. God's not playing with us. First, he had to give up his will for the sake of God's will and the sake of other people. Oh, first, first. First, he had to go the distance. First, he had to First, he had to do what God told him to do and go what he had to go through, believing all the time that God would crown him one day. Oh, first he had to go the distance. You know what, beloved? There are just some things. There are just some things that we must go through first. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Can I get an amen? The disciples of Jesus did not understand or even want to understand. So they began to talk about trivial things. Just things don't even make no sense. Things that don't really matter. They began to argue along the way. And when Jesus had had enough, and see, that's what we be thinking God's plan, but but, but, you know, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, sometimes they just have enough. Yeah. Enough is enough. <laughs> and so he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? <laughs> because they knew, at least they had sense enough to know, that it was ridiculous. They didn't answer. Have you ever noticed a little child when you catch him or something? Or they get real quiet and you walk up to him and say, What you doing? They didn't answer. They didn't answer because they knew better. So they kept quiet. Well, many times when we don't understand and don't want to understand, we try to change the subject, ignore the subject, but just change the whole atmosphere. So the disciples engaged themselves in trivial things because they couldn't understand the spiritual reality of what Jesus was saying. Oh, in fact, they started to turn to do just the opposite of what Jesus was talking about. And you know what? I see the church. I see, I see the church of Jesus Christ doing the same thing all of the time. We wonder why people stopped coming to church mainline denominations these last 50 years because we talk about trivial stuff. The church ignores 
it means that we're addicted to is social engagement with the world, just worshiping its own uh, outreach and missions, trying to work our way into glory. Oh, I can make a long list trivial and distracting things the church talks about and does today. So the disciples of Jesus, they changed the subject. They changed the subject about Jesus and started talking and arguing among themselves. Oh, the devil loves confusion, gossip, and mess. Somebody say amen. He loves mess. And, and that's what we will do to fill the time. We, we don't want to do what is important. We regress the less important things, you see. God is seeking attention today. God is seeking worship today from the church and we want to know where our friends are sitting in the church and where they got their pretty shoes. I'm telling <laughs> The world is screaming for our salvation and we want to know where did you finish school? God don't care about that. The world, the world is waiting for our air hug. The world is in so much pain. Yeah. And we want to know who fixed your hair. I know, tell the truth, and if it's dyed, dried, pressed, or glued, or even if it's yours, hallelujah, say, I'm going to put this in here. If I'm wearing it, it's mine. The world, the world, the world is falling apart. People are dying for need of a savior. Yeah. And we go argue in the church about who is who. Want to be seen. Ain't but two or three people in there. What you want to be seen for? If I want to be seen, I want to be seen by millions of people. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. The world, the world is falling apart. Talking about what your grandmama did and gave to the church. Trivial things, trivial things compared to what is really important, like our real purpose in the church. Is to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Or talk about the state of our communities. Or, or talk about what God can do to heal the whole world. Yes. So they just started arguing and gossiping about who was the greatest among them. Who are the officers of the church? Who's on the P team of the church? Well, that's trivial talk, and furthermore, it really ain't your business. Well, well, and that particular question has already been answered. We, we won't talk about stuff that God didn't already answer. Who is the greatest among us? Jesus. Jesus is the greatest among us. We ain't even got to talk about this. Oh, so now, make no, make no, make no child down. The honorable thing to note about the disciples, however, is that they knew when they were wrong. Now, now that's a sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what's wrong with the church today. People come to church, but that don't mean they feel with the Holy Spirit. That don't even mean they say, help me up in here, somebody, help me, help me. That's a sign. That they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what? Because the Spirit of God will nudge a 
It's just good to know when we wrong. They knew that they were wrong, and, and so they would not answer when Jesus asked them what they were arguing about. The word says, Jesus asked, what are you arguing about? And they were silent. They knew that they had done something wrong, so they were silent. They knew that what they were talking and arguing about was foolishness. People trying to jockey for position in the church of Jesus Christ. It's just foolishness. So don't get being a disciple of Jesus Christ twisted. We have to stoop low to get high in Jesus' eyes. Oh, somebody ought to know it's the truth. Jesus didn't ask them what they were arguing about because he didn't know. He, he wanted to know how they would react to the question. He already knew what they were arguing about. Jesus said, you are arguing over which one of you is the greatest. And because of their shameful attitude, oh, sometimes we all just be ashamed of some stuff we do. Ah, Jesus sat down. See, it's all in your attitude. Jesus sat down with them. He could already tell that they were not proud of what they were arguing about. And so he, he sat down with them. Beloved, beloved, Jesus will sit down with us and he'll begin to, to teach us. He'll begin to teach us life-transforming lessons through the preached word of God and from Bible study when we go to this. But when we stop and humble ourselves before God, then we're able to grow and to learn what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, the disciples were now in a teachable, humble frame of mind. Let me say this. Let me just say this. When we don't have a teachable spirit, when, when we won't change, when we refuse to listen to the truth, then that's just a true sign that, that we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes it is. We go around talking about oh, the truth hurts. The truth don't hurt. It don't hurt. It's just that the devil made a lie feel good. And we're all about feeling good. Oh, help me up in here. Beloved, Jesus wants to teach us what is true and what's good, life-changing, rewarding, and powerful. Jesus wants to give us this spiritual water that will quench our thirst forever. Jesus wants us to know all about him and his power and his authority. Jesus wants us to be in relationship with him more than in relationship with each other. I think it's just trivial and out of order for us to talk about the relationship between clergy and lay in this denomination. Listen, listen. What we need to be talking about is the relationship between the clergy and Jesus and the preacher and Jesus. We need to be talking about our relationship with Jesus because when we're in relationship with Jesus, everything else works out. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will work out. Uh, we all need to just sit down 
spend some time yeah. with Jesus. Because Jesus is always willing to talk to us in our spirit man through his word. But we must be willing to give Jesus our attention. Yeah. Somebody say amen. amen. That's what he's asking for today. All this stuff going around in the world. If it doesn't make us want to know who Jesus is, there's something real wrong with us, beloved. You see, they were open at this time. They were open to hear. So Jesus told them this truth. Jesus said, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Beloved, what we need to remind ourselves of today is that the world will say one thing and Jesus will say another. People will say one thing and the Bible says another. The world says to be first, you need to be up front. The world, the world says to be first, you need to be better than everybody else. The world says to be first, you need to be out of the people. The world says to be first, you have to be the smartest or have the most money. The world says to be first, you have to have the biggest house and the biggest car. The world says to be first, you have to have degrees from the Ivy League schools. But that's the world. That's the world talking. It's the world, and both of those things are not bad in and of themselves. We make them bad when we brag about them and think they make us greater than somebody else, or they make us the greatest. The truth is this. The truth is this. Somebody needs to say, tell the truth. Tell the truth, tell the truth. Jesus is not saying that we should not or cannot be great. He never says that. Rather, he's talking and he's asking us to refrain from our understanding of greatness. What does it mean and look like for you and me to be great Christians in today's world? That's the question. Jesus tells that to us that to be first, you must be last of all and servant of all. Now, that doesn't mean that when you serve the Lord, you're going to be a nobody or a nothing, especially in God's eyes. No, 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 no. This passage is telling us the, the process. There's a process. It's telling us the way, the things we must do to become the greatest in God's eyes. Let me share, let me share this with you. As a member in Dallas of the first really mega church in Dallas, which was the United Methodist Church, I was in seminary and I received an appointment. My first church appointments were while I was full-time in seminary, working part-time and raising two teenagers as a single parent. And I was appointed to four churches. They call it a circuit. I would go to two one Sunday and to two the next Sunday. It was a drive in my old raggedy car. It was a distance small towns outside of Dallas, Texas. I would go to one, play the piano, then get up to preach. And they would give me my salary. After 
after taking a brown paper bag around the neighborhood to collect it. I would go to the other one. I'd go to the other church, and they'd give me a box filled with food from their garden and a few dollars. One church had an outhouse and a beehive over the pulpit. I watched the dog walk in down the aisle during a communion Sunday. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, oh, but how they loved me. Oh, how, 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 they, how they respected me, how they were so grateful to even have a pastor. Amen. But only one told the people, you better not treat her any different than you treated the men who came. Oh, glory to God. I had a Peter. Oh. As the pastor, I did the bulletin, made sure the grass was cut. And again, I was the musician and the preacher. I swept the church. I picked up paper from the yard. I opened the church and I closed the church. They loved me. And I loved them. And we loved God. Whoever to be first must be last of all and servant of all is the test I passed my test all those little churches grew and in nine months I got a promotion from four churches to two churches give God
then stealing God's church and calling it ours. My church, no such thing. It's God's church. It's God's church. There is an assignment, beloved. There is an assignment on a Christian's life today. And the truth is, God is not playing with us at all today. I've said this before. I heard a preacher say, people who go to these high big seminaries come up saying, we're living in a post-Christian time. The preacher said, no. All the signs are saying, we're living in a pre-arrival time. It's time to get serious. It's time to know what's important. We love to talk about the things that we belong to. We belong to certain clubs. We belong to sororities and fraternities. And that's where we get our attention and time. And that's okay. It's okay if I had been not integrating the college and we didn't have no sororities to, to join, I, I would be like the rest of my family. I'd be an AKA. But you know what I'd be first? A preacher in the house of God. You know what I'm saying? God didn't say he's coming back for no damn hook and AKAs and job and all that stuff. He didn't say that. He said he's coming back for his church. And it already cost you nothing. Why you won't join God's church? Now you can join on the internet. Why you won't join? You give your money everywhere. What are you going to pay your tithes to God? There's no excuse today. The doors and the ways are open for you and me and all of us to be available to God. The songwriter says, you gave me my hand. Just dress myself with, but you gave me my hands to, to reach out to man. To show him your love, God, and your perfect plan. You gave me my ear. I can hear your voice so clear. I can even hear the cries of sinners. But can I wipe away their tears? You gave me my voice to speak your word, to sing all your praises to those who have never heard. But with my eyes, I see a need for more availability. I see, I see hearts that have been broken. So, so many, many people everywhere. 
But today, Lord, some of us been in the church all our lives, and in the church even at home, anywhere we are. But those who've been in here a long time, and those who are new to come to God's church, we all ought to recommit today. Recommit, recommit. And we all ought to be saying, Lord, I'm available. Lord, I'm available. In times like these, Lord, I'm available. I'm available to you. My will, I give to you. I'll do what you say and use me, Lord, and show someone the way. Enable me to say. My storage, my all the stuff I, I love and buy. My stuff, my stuff. My storage is empty. And I am available to you. A Christian's job description is to be to God. Show someone and then enable
open the doors of God's church. We invite you to join us here and proclaim a first. We made the changes that God required to be relevant to just such a time as this. We're both in the church now and we are by praise God. Holy name. You can join God's church and still work in the church. We have members living somewhere else who are very active in the church. Let's use the Zoom and all the other stuff to give God glory. We just want you to come. He's coming for his church. Make sure your name is on the wall. with 